Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the House Divided podcast. I am Brendan here with Jeremy. Jeremy, how are you? Doing good. Uh, actually, a breaking news on the podcast here, Brendan. Doing even, uh, okay, maybe I won't go so evil to say better, but Lou Holtz just tested positive for COVID. So, Lou Holtz? Yeah. Oh, shocker. They got, oh my God. That's, you know how many that's... people he's going to infect with how much he spits? <laughs> yeah that's true he's already infected probably hundreds the way he talks about the virus the way i'm assuming he's been behaving yeah yeah that is gonna go poorly but uh no doing well uh you know hockey starts here in about an hour and 45 minutes for me so that is fantastic it's a good day yeah hockey being back is indeed good um I, I having it back last weekend, genuinely, even without the how good the team looked, uh, just having a team to root for, you know, because it's been since March <laughs> and, you know, all of my other teams that I've root for have been short lived and we'll get to that later. Um, my hopes for them have been short lived anyways, but uh, yeah, hockey tonight and then. Uh, football this weekend, but only for one of us now. Uh, so one of our teams finally got hit by somebody else having COVID. Michigan State uh, will not be playing against Maryland. That's kind of a bummer. I have to, uh, I have to make a uh, an apology here. I made a lot of fun of Nebraska over uh, a lot of this year, and now going through this sucks, man. Like, I, I don't mind missing a game if our kids were having the problem. But this kind of sucks when one team – you can't say that maybe they didn't do anything wrong. Maybe a kid got it just without even knowing. But kind of sucks to have the game canceled when it's all the other team having the outbreak. Got to be honest. Yeah. I mean, if we want to look optimistically, it could have been not canceled and then you could have had three games off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I totally get it. And, you know, it is in the interest of best safety. I mean – Last time I saw, they jumped from like eight players there being positive to 15 players and seven coaches. So yeah, it's, it's... clearly out of control um, in that building. But uh, yeah, I feel bad. I mean, on multiple levels, like this probably was the most likely win that MSU had left. So there was that. Uh, not that it was even all that likely, but it was at least a chance. And uh, so that goes away. And uh, Mel Tucker has had two guys enter the portal this week. So the thinning of the herd had started. So more games probably means more evaluations for guys. So uh, one less chance to evaluate, but I guess it, uh, maybe they'll move Michigan and Rutgers to noon for us, Brendan, so you don't have to stay up all night waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would love if they could move that game to noon. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but honestly, I am surprised it took till week five, you know, considering we cover two teams on here and yeah. the current state of college football. I'm impressed it took this long. So we're going to be thankful for that. Um, real yeah. quick, before we kind of get into the talk about what happened this weekend, uh, I want you to plug your new newsletter on Michigan State Hockey. So the floor is yours. Yeah, man. Uh, Lunch this morning. Been kicking around the idea, and I've seen enough other people doing a Substack that I uh, decided to do one for myself when I woke <laughs> up this morning. So, um, yeah, it's Mun Musings. Uh, haven't even worked out everything that I want to do. Um, you know, I don't want to flood everyone's emails. So, you know, maybe two to three times a week maximum. Uh, you know, just kind of a newsletter recapping. Not really even going to do like a normal thing. Like, I'm not going to recap a weekend and just give you the blow by blow, like all. To be how I would look at it like a scout. Uh, you know, if I was looking at either scouting individual players or just kind of the big picture items that I'm looking for. Um, and of course, you know me, uh, my love of recruiting and prospects, it'll probably focus a lot on USHL kids and how they're doing. So uh, definitely join me. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. Like I said, we're going to figure it out as I go, kind of the features that I'm going to do, but it's a free newsletter. So uh, the low risk, low uh Go buy it for everyone. Yeah, um, I I subscribed this morning, uh, obviously, and for those, I, I strongly suggest you subscribe too, because uh, 
Jeremy definitely knows much more about the technical aspects of hockey than anything I could ever. You've you've probably forgotten more than I could ever than I know right now. So tech though, I might you know you got three weeks here not working in the movie theater. I might need you to pull video for me and uh, I'll put you to work. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm looking for things to do. So yeah, and yeah, I I have already been told to expect longer than three weeks. So yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, probably twenty. Well, hey, Kelly, Kelly Stafford's gonna get you back to work, Brendan. Get you <laughs> back sooner. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that was actually about Imagine Bertrand, the theater. Uh, she she's really upset. She can't come. She loves it. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Uh. Let's let's get into it then. Um. I think this weekend for Michigan was a really interesting way to provide the duality of being a sports fan because on one hand you have Michigan football who started off my weekend on Saturday night and um, they, they, they don't do well, Jeremy. (laughs) That's the only way I can really say it. I, you know, I'm not a football expert. But that's what people are saying. Yeah. They said it didn't go well. Yeah. They say so, that being 0 for 2 with two interceptions is not a great start to an offense. Um, man, that got bad. That, got, that was definitely the increment. That got out of hand fast. Yeah. Uh, but not only did they not do well, they are in year six of the era of a coach who, well – was declared the Messiah when he came. And this game really felt like the culmination of this year of not doing well. And on the other side of things, I got to then transition into a Michigan hockey series where they beat a team who should be a two-time or gone to the NCAA tournament twice in the last two years, Arizona State, and they beat them 11-1, to outshoot them uh at least two to by at least two to three times their shot total uh in both games and it's just a sense of elation because this is the first recruiting recruiting class that mel pearson has given us and i guess what i really want to say is being a Michigan hockey fan really paid off this weekend because it has completely allowed me to detach myself from the mess that is currently happening in Schembechler Hall. Okay, well, I'm going to try and attach you back on there just a little bit. So I have to do the, like, I mean, come on. We love to give each other a little bit of shit, right? When our, uh, the narrative's more than anything. So like, we, you don't even have to break down the game. It was ugly. I mean, there's nothing to say. I think I'm just going to use your outline here. The offense is bad and defense is worse. Yeah, that was about right. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Um, So I guess two things that I have to get into on a Michigan fan perspective. One, um, okay, do you think it's bad that uh, the guys in an empty stadium don't want to run out and touch a banner like 100-year-olds? I saw that that was a real breakdown of why things went bad. Which I, if you missed that, I want to pull that in for you. Yeah, um, I did miss that. I I was working on Saturday, so all of my viewing of both of these games had to come. Well, no, the football game I watched live, uh, and the hockey game, but I was off Twitter regardless, so I missed a lot of the yeah general fan sentiment, and I couldn't be happier that I did because I wanted no part of that. Okay, so the, the other thing that I think this will move us to talking about the future, I know you kind of said you might be out on Harbaugh. The art of, you know, the feeling was, so, so Monday he had a little bit of the old Harbaugh back in his press conference. Is there anything he can do to save this? Or are you like, is it just, is it I, Yeah, he could save it by, oh, can he? I mean, like, you know what I'm going to say. It's if he beats Ohio State. And that there's yeah. nothing there. Okay. So there's, there is nothing he could do outside of the Ohio state game 
Um, he could win every game the rest of the year, except for Ohio State, including uh, their mediocre Big Ten crossover game and their mediocre bowl game. And it won't matter because they've lost to every good team plus a bad one uh, that they've played this year. It, if he beats Ohio State and then he wants to stay f- to try for another year, I, I guess if the condition is firing Don Brown and... Okay, yeah, because that's got to happen, right? Yeah, they, it has to. If, if that doesn't happen, I... I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I, but I mean, that's a lot of conditions, man. I, and, and frankly, I am not even saying if you went, if you beat Ohio State, that I'm like, okay, you need to keep Jim Harbaugh for another year and let him figure this out. I'm saying then maybe keep him around if he beats Ohio State. And I don't want to be the guy who has to make that decision. Oh, yeah, it's bad. It was, the thing is, I don't even think that I've seen Michigan have just a bad game against Wisconsin. I mean, they did last year, right? Like, they just had a terrible game. Yeah, but not. It doesn't really matter that they were at home because no one's there. That's not really a thing. But, uh, but one yard in the first and fourth co- quarter combined. One yard of offense. I mean, listen, I watched that on Monday Night Football with the Bears and, uh, we're not paying as much as Michigan is for Jim Harbaugh. Let me tell you that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, well, I, you will again, be soon, we buddy. We did that with I the Bears. No one told you that Nick Foles was a mix of Cam Newton. And <laughs> what was that? I don't even remember the meme now. Well, I mean, all I know is I, I can't remember what was the real comparison for Joe Milton and what was the meme that we made fun of Joe Milton being compared to. But yeah, the mix of like Cam Newton and three other Hall of Fame quarterbacks that you probably want to throw out there together. No one said that about Nick Foles, so I was okay that the Bears were putrid, you know. But uh, I don't know, man. I like. I just. (laughs) I don't know what to say about this team. They're not. They're not well coached. They're. They have talent on the roster, but not in all the places that you need it. Uh, I mean, it's just. It's so disheartening and. I really think the breaking point isn't the Indiana or Wisconsin losses. It's the ugliness of them and it's the loss to Michigan state. And now we haven't talked. I don't believe since you guys got killed by Iowa and Indiana, but um, it very much appears Michigan state is exactly what we thought they were going to be coming into the year. And so, you know, to, to lose that game when, you have the talent that you have on your roster. That's really the thing that's breaking his back here uh, in his defense of his job. You know, it's, it's bad to be, to be and we can transition to MSU here. Cause it was, it was ugly as well. Uh, Michigan is still the only team to not force Rocky Lombardi to throw an interception, which is, I think damning in it itself. <laughs> like you, you can't be just a couple of years ago, the greatest defense in the world heading into that Ohio State game to now you made Rocky Lombardi look competent. That's that's where it slipped. Yeah. And you know? and I'm glad you brought that up because that's a point that like I kinda wanted to make here is he comes in as coach in twenty fifteen and he's praised as the Messiah and the guy who can get Michigan over the hump and into the college football playoff and all that. And I truly believe that that ceiling was there and they just didn't hit it Um, because you're right in year two, they're about to beat Ohio state. I still to this day think that they did beat Ohio state and JT did not get that first down, but it is what it is. They should have won for many different reasons. They botched it then but I truly think that that game was the breaking. Uh, it never went back up. We never got the peaks after that. There was the 10-game win streak in 2018 with Shea, but I think we all – we expected to beat Ohio State, but I don't think anybody thought that team was as good as the 2016 team. And uh, it, it, it really is just sad because it feels like they could have hit a peak – 
that was higher than they did and they didn't and it feels not irredeemable that's not the word but unsalvageable now it feels like there is no chance that if you keep Jim Harbaugh they are ever going to get better than that 2016 team and that's why I'm ready to leave you know no I don't think anyone can blame you I think uh, yeah it's it's I think it's time but I also I don't envy you uh going into a coaching search now I mean, let's just think about it. I mean, you've got so here's the three coaching searches that you've had in your your kind of more aware sporting life, right? You've got Rich Rod. Yes, and I was and it. I was ten years old for that, so I yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll half count Rich Rod. <laughs> so, but I mean, like, so so not everyone buys in, which is hard. Like, you know, Michigan took a chance outside of their bubble. Not everyone bought in. Okay, so that didn't go well. So then they go back into the bubble a little bit, but with a guy that probably was never going to be good enough to be Michigan's head coach. I mean, you know, who knows what Brady does if he stays at San Diego State longer, if anyone ever gives him a chance to make that jump, but he was clearly out of his depth at Michigan. Okay. So, but then you get who you really needed, which was the dream candidate from the Michigan circle. Let's put that together. So now the question is, and that's Harbaugh, and it, it seems to be not working out. Now, I guess the question is, it, can you really go back outside the circle again? And will people remember the Rich Rod era and the mistakes of not buying in? Yeah. Because if that can happen, I think you can get a better hire this time around. Because I, I there's no one on the Michigan tree that I can think of that is yeah. going to be hireable right now. So. So can you go out and do that? And can you get the actual buy-in? Like that was a conversation that I actually had with Michigan fans this week because of Andy Staples tweet talking about um, Mario Cristobal coming from Oregon. And my thing was, I think he'd be a great hire. Some Michigan fans kind of misconstrued what I was saying as saying that it wouldn't be a good No, it would be a great hire. He'd be a fantastic fit at Michigan. Um, I think he'd get you guys running great. But until the Michigan fan base proves to me that they can accept an outsider, I have no reason to believe the next hire is going to go better. Like until it's proven. So, you know, that's the that's the tough part. I think of being a Michigan fan is like it's going to even if it goes well, it went well for Jim Harbaugh. He just never beat Ohio State, and then it took long enough that he started to have the actual bottom fall out. So. I don't know, man. Maybe hire Ryan Day. <laughs> I don't know what you do. Like this, it's a tough spot. It's I. I don't envy Michigan fans at all having to go through it, because um, I just don't know what you do. Like, I, I could be in a very same position here in the future with following Tom Izzo, or if Dayton Cole doesn't work out at the hockey team, like I don't know where you go. Like, what is the thing now? Like, we tried a couple things and it didn't work out. What's the thing? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I but they've got to make they've got to make an inspired hire and just get everyone behind whoever it is. Because if you have some hardball loyalists who hang on, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I I think you made a lot of good points there. Um, I don't think it's going to be super easy for them to hire somebody from outside of the Michigan tree. I only worry about that just because Ward Manuel's two big hires, the hockey, both hockey and basketball, both came from the Michigan man type of thing. You know, Mel obviously was an assistant at Michigan and Juwan Howard obviously has some uh, minor ties to Michigan. So, you know, that's the only reason I worry about that. I think the lack of a Dave Brandon type person being there um, help certainly with the transition. I really think that will only be good. Um, but I don't know. I hiring thing is tough. A lot of people are talking about candidates, and if I were to talk about it, I'd just be regurgitating information. I like what people are saying yeah. about Matt Campbell. Um, I, I like a couple different options. Um, I heard um, Mike Stoops get brought up, and I think he has some interesting aspects but yeah i'm not even ready to think about that yet because i think it's a really complicated situation with jim harbaugh 
just because of everything that's happened over the last six years. Plus you add in, he's only got one year left on his contract. It's just a very strange time. Uh, Add in the fact that, you know, he could try and write off this season as a COVID thing, which I think would be complete horseshit. But like, it's an argument that you could make, you know, but, but I do want to move on to Michigan state, Indiana. We already tried to move on and I kind of took us back over here, but to be honest, I've been suppressing all this by thinking about hockey. So I think it was good therapy. So uh, (laughs) thanks for the the Michigan football therapy, which I'm sure I'll need for years and years to come. Uh, Talk about the, the brass platoon game, right? Oh man. Yeah. Brass, I guess you can't be spitting in it anyways because of COVID. Uh, but MSU <laughs> never had a chance in this game of spitting in it anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, I thankfully missed most of the first quarter, which it sounded their first half, which was basically the whole game because MSU, uh, whether you, I mean, Indiana definitely took the gas off in the second half, but there was at least some confidence from MSU. I think the only real storyline, kind of two storylines coming out of the game are. The, uh, the fitting of the herd began. We had two guys enter the portal this week. Um, you know, one, Marcel Lewis, a uh, linebacker who hasn't played anyways yet. He's just a redshirt freshman. Um, but probably not a scheme fit under Mel Tucker now. And uh, Ant Williams had his last carry at MSU, and it finally was a fumble. So uh, not fittingly as in, like, you know, we all thought Ant was bad. I think we all liked Ant Williams and saw promise in him, but uh, we have an NFL background coach, and I think he's going to start making some NFL personnel-type decisions, it looks like, because I came out of that game thinking, you know, Peyton Thorne came in as a quarterback. I hope Peyton Thorne's the starter moving forward, but I I kind of came out of the game thinking, you know what, maybe it's not so bad that Elijah Collins hasn't played much because I think he's just giving guys a chance to either earn their spot or go uh, at this point, and maybe guys who very safely have a starting spot aren't playing. I don't even know at this point what the, what the big picture is, but they were, they were never competitive in that game. Uh, Indiana was just far superior. Um, kind of had a different feeling than I did at the Iowa game. Like even though the Iowa game got more out of hand, the Iowa game felt like there was just a lot more MSU shooting itself in the foot and just an awful matchup. Like, we're playing a four-two-five defense now, and Iowa and Wisconsin are just going to be two teams that can mash that to hell. Because if you're putting five defensive backs out to play against that offensive line, you're going to have a bad time. Um, so, yeah, not, not a ton to break down outside of, I guess, Peyton Thorne is going to be possibly more fun than Rocky, or at least less mistakes, hopefully. Yeah, that's the trouble with having uh... – not very competitive football teams is, uh, <laughs> you know, at least winter sports are here, you know, so we can actually yeah. break down, break down games. Cause it, it's been tough the last couple of weeks. Can you remember yeah. a year where both team Michigan and Michigan state were, uh, this, this bad? I think, you know, I was, I think the last time and, and Chris Winini had a good stat about this, about like the last time they like, games plus the lions were bad. I, I think honestly it would have to be, the so maybe like 2008, like Antonio's second year, and Rich Rod's third, first, yeah, Rich Rod's first, and yeah, like a three and nine Michigan, or even the year after. I, I just don't know, yeah, like, but it's been, it's been a good decade, yeah, <laughs> it has been. But I think, okay, so for an MSU perspective, like we talked kind of big picture on the Michigan, you know, oh, yeah, outlook. I think, I think for an MSU fan perspective, like, here's the thing, but let's talk about MSU Twitter for a second here quit showing your ass every saturday like i don't understand this we went from okay our coach got hired late because let's, let's talk about this real quick it's because Martin you guys beat michigan over. you haven't even said it and i already know no, the answer no, but that's not even it no what i'm saying is like even the Rutgers game like here's the thing everyone when there was no emotion back in may said hey martin Antonio retired late that screwed us over. We went to a late coaching search. Coach gets the staff in. First week that he has a full staff, the entire university shuts down. Like, sports shut down. Yeah. So we all said all summer, when there was no emotion, that we weren't going to care 
that we weren't going to get ourselves worked up, that it was going to be a free year. And that lasted six minutes of the Rutgers game and people just showed their ass again. Listen, That's true. This is a worthless season. Not worthless mm-hmm. as in like you can't evaluate players. You need to evaluate players. You need to evaluate. And yes, there's some in-game coaching decisions that you should say like, hey, Mel, maybe your clock management needs to improve. Maybe you need to do this a little bit better. But like the absolute vitriol on the timeline is just obnoxious every Saturday of I don't understand. Like you just, you can really tell, I think a lot of times people who have maybe coached or been on squads where you're just like going into the season, knowing like we are not going to win this season and progress means this, this, and this, uh, people have really lost it, <laughs> but See, I hope maybe this week off this COVID week off, we can reset and say like, listen, man, this is a coach. You had four weeks of padded practice. Guess what happened? They're getting outworked. They are getting out manhandled, but they practiced for four weeks. When the can- season got canceled and some teams decided to get keep practicing, MSU did not. They went to their weight training program because this is a new staff and that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Because you think about where I want to be as a staff in year four, you don't think about where you want to be year one. That's just not what you do. So, um, Hopefully we can all readjust here, enjoy the meltdown happening in Ann Arbor together because that's year six. But think, I mean, look around, Iowa is two and two and that coach has been there forever. Mm-hmm. They have no reason to be two and two. James no. Franklin and Penn state are zero and four. Yeah. I mean, right now. yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I, yeah. I have enjoyed Penn state being bad too. This is just, a hard season to make any judgment. At the end of the day, we don't know who missed, and we had four weeks of practice. We don't know who missed three of those weeks being in COVID protocol. We don't know. Yeah. We know nothing. Um, so it was bad, but I think it was better than the Iowa week. And I think that second half was encouraging. It is not encouraging to be shut out. That is not okay. That's unacceptable. But, you know, this is. We all said we were just going to take a season. And if we got one in these COVID times, it'd be amazing. Like we were all sad watching the SEC play. And now everyone wants to complain that the games are happening. No, (laughs) no, don't like make a choice. Humans are never happy with what they have. And we all know this now. Okay. I will defend MSU Twitter here just for a second, because I think first game, you get they showed their ass because it was Rutgers, and I think while people knew it wouldn't be good, I don't think they were expecting a loss to Rutgers, especially with how many turnovers. And then I think beating Michigan, who at the time people thought was good, uh, gave everybody hope. And and then, but at on the other hand, I think about halfway through the Iowa game, you all probably should have realized like, oh, Michigan sucks too, and. And this is just, this is what our season is, but you know, that's fine. I think everybody's going to be more positive from here on out on your guys' side. You guys have a much better thing to deal with. This is, this is like what we knew was had to happen. Uh, I think, I think just to wrap it up for mine. So the reason I got into that though, is it is honestly thinking about the Michigan perspective. Like the rich rod thing get out of here fast because Granted, people did not think Rich Rodgers would come in and you guys were three and nine. And we had a normal offseason and all of that stuff. But that shows you that even in a normal offseason, when you're transitioning from one staff that's been there for a long time to a brand new staff. And hasn't been really trying in the last year or two, because that's a common thread in both. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I would not even know. Lloyd Carr, I think, actually was probably putting in more effort than D'Antonio did this last Not year. on the recruiting right. trail. <laughs> okay but but you had a better michigan roster than off to to probably uh to rich Rod. it wasn't the right yeah they had brandon graham which immediately is put... not made for what mel tucker and scotty lucas want to know it just it isn't and in the weirdest offseason ever okay but rich rod never recovered from that three and nine because the fan in part because the fan base just became unbearable there is no way he was going to go. Let's not make that mistake. This is a weird football season, all an exhibition. It is 
but get on board and, and stay with it because you're going to have to because there's no way we're paying this buyout during the first couple of years coming off COVID. So get on board. All right. Well, let's, let's get happy, board. Jeremy. Let's get you, happy and talk about Arizona State hockey for half an hour. <laughs> you're going to get you're going to get so many horny bonks. Um, what? We're going to have to keep you in control. And bonk your nose like you're a dog and you're helping play. <laughs> you know Michigan what? Michigan hockey, go ahead. Go off. That's... Go off, kid. Okay, so <laughs> Michigan beat Arizona State this weekend, 8-1 to one and 3-0. to zero, And I think they were more dominant in the 3-0 to zero game. But ASU's goalie played out of their goddamn mind. Um so Michigan looks good. We didn't get to do a preview last week because life got in the way, but that's what we were going to tell you is Michigan's roster looks really talented. And if they, if, if this comes out right, they could have something special and it was only one weekend, but it's been a rough year and I deserve this happiness. So I'm just going to go <laughs> for do. it. Um, you do. Man, they look like a Death Star. Like, okay, let's let's go in order for this, uh, how I outlined it. I want to address first because it happened in football where Michigan beat a really – a team that people thought were going to be good, and they beat them really bad, and it looked like they had a really good team. Is this the same thing? I don't think so. We'll find out this weekend. They play Michigan State. Um, but I don't think Arizona State's a bad team. Do you have thoughts on this subject? So, okay, so here's my thoughts. They are not number 15 in the country. So let's No, no, let's I agree with that. that. I know, and I, and I have no problem with Michigan, uh, Michigan Twitter being happy. Like, they had to watch that football result. It was terrible. Definitely run away with like, hey, look what we just did with another 15 team in the country. Let's address a couple of things. College hockey is 60 teams. 15th is just mean that you're the top 25%. It's not that huge. It is good. Um, no, but I would have been happy if they. I would have been happy that I would be similarly happy with this roster if they would have done the same thing to Lake Superior State. There like, you yeah, so they're not 15. Um, but no, I don't think Arizona State is bad. I don't think this is a a bad team. I think this is a a so-so team. I would say a um, mid, like a mid Big Ten team. Is that kind of how you yeah. feel, like based on the roster? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, like for example, I don't think Michigan State it should feel confident that they're just going to sweep Arizona State this weekend. I think they need to fight for a sweep or fight for a split uh, this weekend. So Arizona State's a competent team, um, but clearly. I think what I came with the most impressed with Michigan about is that, you know, I mean, every team has just been practicing for so long. So yeah, you can gel. Um, but Michigan's going to rely on a lot of freshmen this year to play some very important roles. And it just takes some time to get them into the lineup. And there was no time. They were ready right away. Yeah. They were all over Arizona State. They dominated them. It, and yeah, I mean, they, Arizona State has one high-end player that I think could be really good at Michigan, which is Johnny Walker. Yep. Um, and he was just physically Saturday, or physically on Sunday, but also just overall for the whole series, just non-existent. He did, had nothing to answer you. And I think what makes Michigan the scariest to me, this is not that different of a lineup or talent-wise than some of the really good late red teams that can score seven goals a night. The difference is, is that like he for once Michigan has found an actual goalie that I don't think could just completely lose his mind for the whole season. Yes. So that's the important thing. Um this team not only has the extremely talented young core because we've seen that in college hockey the last couple of years, you know Wisconsin brought in Alex Turcott and Cole Caulfield in the same recruiting class. Boston College and Boston University have done really impressive recruiting things and had really good classes, you know. But what I think might separate this Michigan team from that is, A, 
they kept the majority of their defensive core last year, and Michigan was a legitimately good defensive team. And they so they have a really solid defensive core, and then additionally, they have potentially the best goalie in the country in Strauss Mann. And their backup goalie was also the USHL goalie of the year last year, who was a third round draft pick and in the NHL. Uh, and for those who are not aware, third round is pretty high to be taken for a goalie. Now goalies are voodoo, but it feels pretty good to have him as your backup. Um, they just have so much offensive talent but you're right. They're not going to have a goalie in there like Wisconsin had last year. Defense, you know, that is just going to let them down consistently. So it feels good. Um, that's kind of why I feel like they could contend for a national title. Like, like if they went and made the Frozen Four this year, it'll feel a lot more important than when they made it in 2018, you know. I don't know. It's just this team looks really good. They're really exciting. Just going through the lines, and I'm only going to do this just because we never got our preview out there, but just to see what they did was it felt like they would take two young, super talented future NHL players and then line them up with one guy who last year might have been a lower, lower in the lineup type player who really they can't produce themselves. But you know what happens when you put – uh, Jack Becker with Kent Johnson and Matt Beneers, he suddenly is a very efficient, uh, good player because he's not trying to do more than his skill level. It's the same thing. Jimmy Lambert looked unbelievable next to Johnny Beecher and Brendan Brisson. Uh, it, it's just they had to do it. And they, they can do it all the way throughout the lineup. And then they have the what was last year's grind line now looks offensively capable and more aggressive. And they have four scoring lines too. It, it, it just looks so promising. And they could go out and they're going to drop games. And after you give some input on what I just said, I want to talk about how they're going to drop games because I saw it this weekend. I know how it's going to happen. But I mean – Poke some holes in what I just said. Tell me that they're going to suck. I, I need it. No, so here's, you know, I honestly, I'll pick a guy that I probably watched the most. Uh, so Nolan Boyle, okay, guy that's committed to MSU. Uh, Dan Cole decides not really to take him. Not a great fit for where Dan Cole wanted to do the program. Um, you know, and he was kind of a fringe guy for MSU. Like, when he decommitted, I didn't really think, Okay, you know, I like Nolan Moyle. I watched him in the USHL. I was excited about him because he's coming to MSU, but was I excited because of who Nolan Moyle was or how great I thought he was? Probably not. Um, so then he ends up at Michigan. And I go, okay, yeah, you know, maybe he'll crack the line up, third, fourth line. That kid looks excellent because on the third line, when he's at Michigan, he can see NHL kids playing. And that's just, that's like what you said. I mean, it's insane. They, yeah. He made Nolan Moyle look like, I started to think like, this kid's gonna get paid shallow deal But the thing I is, like Nolan Moyle, he's a great kid. But, yeah. Yeah. But now get every line. I mean, Michigan right now has the uh what I call the NTDP line chart. Where so like when you watch these junior games and sometimes you'll like pull up like if you if you follow hockey Twitter, they're always putting up the line charts ahead of the game, right? And yep. uh, you know, they put the college logo where the kids committed. The NTDP is every kid, every kid's got a league. And it's just funny, you watch them play an NAHL team, and maybe there's like four kids committed, and some kids are going to maybe commit in a couple of years. Some are just never going to get to the D1 when they play D3. It is hilarious when you put the two line charts next to each other. Yeah. Right now, that's going to be Michigan, but it's going to be NHL logos. And they're going to put that out, and then MSU is going to put theirs out, and it's going to be four NHL drafts. Well, that's the craziest part is so many of these freshmen won't have those logos yet because but they're because they're gonna go in the top their, ten. They're yeah, gonna go in. Put the, out their central scouting number. <laughs> oh gonna, yeah. Oh yeah. Just put the NHL logo because they're gonna be there. Yeah. Um, hopefully yeah, a Red Wing next to either <laughs> Owen Power or Kent Johnson. That's what I'm hoping for. Oh man. Yeah. 
no, this team is extremely talented. And But you want to hear how they're going to drop games? Because I saw it this weekend. They are going to drop games because they're going to commit a ton of penalties and the bounces aren't, you know, and then the other team will find opportunities on the power play that they're going to lose games that way. They are going to lose games when a goalie can have an unreal performance and there will be nights where Strauss man won't play. And I think uh, as much as I like Eric Portillo, he I'm sure he's a freshman, so I'm just going to expect inconsistency. So, I mean, Michigan will lose games to teams that they are less talented than, or not less, more talented than, I'm sorry. Um, And I think it's going to be through being undisciplined. And I think it's going to be if uh, a goalie really stands on their head and you let in a couple stinkers. Because I, in the Big Ten, Minnesota might be able to match up talent-wise. Across the country, there's a couple teams who probably can they can match up talent-wise or possibly have more talent. But do you see a team in the Big Ten uh, that other than Minnesota who can just go out-talent Michigan? No. Yeah. No. Exactly. No. And, and all Mel Pearson has shown that he is that he – has teams well coached. And I know that's a different animal when you're dealing with so many top prospects. Uh, but I don't know, man, it's hard not to feel this good. <laughs> no, and you should absolutely enjoy it. And like the thing that I would say to Michigan fans, enjoy this run of like this regular season. Cause I don't even know if we're going to get a national tournament. So uh, that's the biggest shame is that this team may not even get the NCAA outcome that is that is possible or that it deserves. At a minimum, if it does get it, it's going to be a weird one. Like there's yeah. teams that are just sitting out this season. Like Cornell is just not playing. And Cornell would have been a team that I would have told you, frozen four, little bullet. Like that's going to be, and that would be a team that, for all the firepower Michigan has, Cornell could just completely shut it down. But yeah. they're not playing. Harvard not playing. So that's that's going to be the thing is enjoy this regular season because at least you know. In this regular season, every Big Ten team is full strength. Yep. They're playing. It's a full thing. Even if we have an NCAA tournament, it's not going to be the full thing. So as a Michigan fan, like, just enjoy this run right now. and enjoy. I mean, not only is it nice to have with the uh, football team kind of dragging you down, enjoy yeah. Oh, yeah. this from a perspective of this is, uh, you know, the full league and you got the full team. Enjoy it. Absolutely. Two more points. And then I want to jump into the MSU hockey preview. They'll uh, drop the puck in an hour or two against Arizona state. Um, Number one is that uh, you mentioned this hockey team getting me through football being horrible. It it has never paid off like it does now um, because they can go lose on Saturday to Rutgers. The football team could. And I can still go to bed thinking about Owen Powers hit or Kent Johnson's sick goal or whatever it is that they do that week. And the second point I wanted to make, oh no, Jeremy, what have I done? I forgot the second point. Oh yes. I'm glad you brought up the thing about enjoying the big 10 regular season because that is with, with everything going on this year, that is priority number one, goal number one for the year is be the regular season Big Ten champion. Jeremy, since I've uh, been following college hockey, I have not got to see Michigan win a regular season conference championship. Um, they, The year I started watching, the team that made me fall in love was the Kyle Connor team, and uh, they did not win the regular season title they won the tournament, but uh, I'm really hoping I get to see them just be the dominant team this year in the big 10. And it'll be exciting. They uh, close the 2020 portion of the schedule against Minnesota. That's going to be a really important series. Well, let's move on to MSU. Yeah. MSU. So uh, we're doing this and the line chart just came out. So <laughs> their puck drops in about an hour. I had to compare my, uh, my projected line chart to what it came out. So 
Yeah, MSU, I think it's, it's, I honestly, it's going to be a bad preview, but I really can't tell you too much about, I, there's a lot of different ways this season could go. Um, I think the biggest thing that you have to start with as far as an MSU season is uh, big holes to fill from John Leppman leaving uh, to Drew DeRitter. Um, you know, John Leppman, if you look at, okay, so he signed an ECHL deal. If this wasn't COVID time, I think John Leppman right now is on an AHL deal, possibly a two-way deal with an AHL team. So that's a big, uh, big gap, but Drew DeRitter is a good enough boy that I think he can fill it but he has to now take that step. Um, and that's going to be probably the biggest, uh, for me, what the season is on, is can they get anything close to what they got from a 9-3 save percentage from John Lefferman and a 2-1-6 goals against. Like, that is insane numbers. So, um, and they're going to need it, like we just talked about with Michigan. They're going to need to have a goaltender that can get you through a series with, uh, with teams like that. So, um, I think where I am most excited about this MSU team is this is this is Dan Cole finally having depth. I don't think this is the top end talent of where Dan Cole is going to get this team or where they need to be. But for the first time under Dan Cole, I can say when I look at the fourth line, okay, these are all four clear and away Big Ten hockey players. Um, whereas previously it was. These are great kids, but they should probably be in Atlantic hockey or they should be in the CCHA. Like the Big Ten is just a little bit too high up for them. Um, so that's going to be the biggest thing for me. I mean, you look right now, the fourth line tonight has a Denver commit and a kid who is drafted by the Calgary Flames. That is progress. <laughs> that is where you want to be under Dan Cole. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Is this going to be a tough team? I don't think they are going to have near the uh, offensive firepower of a Michigan coming off of that discussion. But um, I think uh, for the first time you can look at it and say, I don't, I don't look at these four lines and go, I am really scared of the four lines out there. And that's yeah. been a killer. It's well, been a killer for MSU because you've really been only able to roll three lines. And on a season like this where you don't get – out of conference games to help pad your schedule. You're playing really good programs every weekend. You are going to wear kids down if you're only rolling three lines. So them having depth is going to be huge this season to, to be more competitive. Yeah. And um, it, it don't take offense to this because um, I don't want MSU hockey to be bad. I like the direction they're heading into uh, with Denton Cole. And I yearn for this to be a rivalry that you get amped for. I, I, I want this to become what the basketball rivalry I think is about to be. Um, so don't take what I'm about to say as me hoping MSU is bad, but I hope Arizona state beats the living hell out of Michigan state both nights only to make them good. Only making Michigan feel better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can feel that. I can feel that, uh, that, Totally makes sense because if, if Arizona State really puts it on us, man, does that just get Michigan's feeling sky? Although, I mean, you could blow it all by playing poorly against Wisconsin. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to be sitting here if they if they uh, lose if they even split Wisconsin. I'm not going to be. Th- I'm really hoping for six points, uh, but you know, it, it's a road series, so I won't get too upset if they split. <laughs> but um. Yeah, if they lose to Wisconsin, I will not be relying on transitive property to decide if we're better than MSU. <laughs> uh, you yeah, you shouldn't have to. You should enjoy it. So, yeah. And, and just so we know, uh, Wisconsin did beat Notre Dame last weekend twice. They swept them. So it should be a pretty good test uh, in terms of the barometer of the Big Ten where Michigan might sit. So it should be yeah, good. Wisconsin, uh, Terry, Terry. Your point that you mentioned on the Michigan preview where they've always had forwards and they've had NHL defensemen, they maybe found a goalie finally, and they yeah. had to go get a Michigan Tech grad transfer to do it. So, um, you know, it's hard to know. Notre Dame is not a very good offensive team, so shutting Notre Dame down offensively, I'm not ready to anoint him a great goalie yet. But Wisconsin maybe shored up the biggest problem they've ever had, which is under their current administration under Ganado, 
where they've just never been able to keep pucks out of their net. They may have finally done that. If they can do that, that, that team can take off. So that yeah, should be a heck of a series between Michigan and Wisconsin. Yeah, can't wait. Um, all right, are we ready to get to Big Ten against the spread? Sure. I just want to plug two, though, for our, for our fans that are trying to grow into hockey. MSU is on Big Ten Network tonight, six o'clock on Thursday. Uh, and then Michigan, both games, I think, I think both games got picked up by Fox Sports Detroit. They did, yeah. Uh, picking up the Fox Sports Wisconsin feed. So uh, three out of the four games, you know, you can watch without having to pay for BTN Plus. So that's pretty good. Yes, it is. Uh, happy to see him on TV. Uh, damn you, YouTube TV, for not carrying Fox Sports Detroit anymore. But I already have BTM Plus anyway, so all is well. There you go. All right. And now to get to our not officially a sponsor, but sponsored by Home Field, Big Ten against the spread. Uh, the winner of this competition gets a brand new Home Field T-shirt, my favorite college football apparel sentient brand on twitter um jeremy how are we feeling do we have a standings update or are you not prepared with the spreadsheet did not, I, didn't, so. I did not prepare you for this question i'm pulling not prepare the spreadsheet for the show but i can't say just follow the twitter account uh before people get their picks in for this week i will tweet out where the standings are at so they will know okay good all right so let's get it started with Purdue versus Minnesota. Purdue is the road favorite by two and a half points. And I'll just start us off. I'm going to take Purdue. Uh, Jeremy, how do you feel about this one? Uh, man, I don't know what to think about Minnesota last week showing some competence in a way. Um, but Purdue's looked good. Like they look real good, actually. So I'm going to stick with Purdue. Uh, minus the two and a half as well. Cool. All right. Next up, I cannot believe this line. It's Indiana at Ohio State. Ohio State's a 20 and a half point favorite. Does Vegas not know about the home field magic? Do they not know? They must not because I'm going to take Indiana with the points here. Um, Oh, yeah, me too. We're talking about top 10 Indiana here. And here's the thing. At no no point was Rutgers ever – in danger of, you know, being Ohio State last week. But Ohio State did not put them away, and they didn't cover. So why – I mean, this game, I thought it needs to be at like the 14 to 15 That's range. What I thought 20 too. and a half? I, I feel very comfortable. I think I'm going to put some real American dollars on this because I, I – and so now, of course, they are going to lose, but – uh, I, I like Indiana here. I, I'm really excited yeah. about this Indiana team. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, give me, give me Indiana. All right. Now on to Illinois versus Nebraska. Nebraska pulling off the win over Penn State. Never been – I mean, I, I was kind of happy to be wrong. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I, I don't like the Nebraska fans, but, like, I think I like Penn State less, so – um nebraska 15 and a half point favorite against illinois i'm gonna take illinois because i did say that i wasn't gonna pick nebraska in this game all season yes yeah I, that was i was actually thinking this is where i was gonna be able to separate from you i uh i'm a real sicko i watched a lot of that illinois Rutgers game when the msu game ended um because you know i i missed football that badly i guess <laughs> i don't know i don't know why i watched that game but uh, I, I don't know, man. It, Nebraska raced out to a big lead on Penn State, where Penn State was really shooting themselves in the foot a lot. And they were lucky to hang on. Now, I say that to say that I think Illinois could stay close, but then I realized that the Illinois football program is nothing if not just shooting itself in the foot at all times. So I'm going to take Illinois, but I do not feel confident. Yeah, I, I'm feeling similar, but I had to just do it for the bit. Uh, <laughs> Iowa versus Penn State. Um, Iowa's only a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but they are on the road. Um, God, who, who, do you th- who do you got here? Because I think this one's really interesting. Okay, so here's my thing, though, in the COVID year. Road is an advantage, in my opinion. 
because I feel like you come out to an empty home stadium, it just feels like you're on like a scrimmage in May to practice. And maybe by this point you're used to it and, and it's helping. Iowa's rolling again. They don't. They have no business being two and two. That team should be at least three and one, if not four and zero, right now, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Iowa to cover against Penn State. Penn State maybe found something with a new quarterback, but they just seem to be spiraling, and I don't know that they get it right against Iowa. Yeah, I. I think I'm going to go with you. I think Iowa's going to really have to crap this one out. You know, like they're capable of doing that. They do it all the time. They are in a perpetual state of crapping out bad wins. Um, I'm just nervous. I feel like they could win this by one or two uh, about the cover, but I'll take Iowa against the spread. I think they'll win by like four. And up next, Wisconsin versus Northwestern for the Big Ten West. Wisconsin, a seven and a half point favorite. And uh, I'll say Northwestern just to make Michigan look worse. Oh, buddy. I I can't ever believe in Northwestern ever because I just hate them so much. Peyton Ramsey's the truth. Oh, dude. I I don't know. Like, I know they're undefeated, but I still don't think Northwestern's very good. I think Iowa should have beat them. I think Wisconsin is like a 14 point team better than them. So I'm going to think Wisconsin would feel pretty comfortable and uh, probably put some, some, some of the uh, American currency. In this, we can wait in suspense for my pick for Michigan versus Rutgers. I'll let you go first. Michigan's a 10 and a half. Game of the favorite. week, Michigan minus 10 and a half against Rutgers. Woo! Um, so yeah, Rutgers has beat Michigan state who beat Michigan. But also Rutgers lost to Illinois last week. So <laughs> they might still be bad. And Jim Harbaugh has always, ever since the whole fence the garden and like the little fight with New Jersey, just beat the shit out of Rutgers. And yes, they are usually bad, but like he extra has beat the shit out of Rutgers. So he needs a win. Uh I think the more fun bet is who's going to be the quarterback for Michigan, but I think uh, I will be staying away from this game with real money, but I will take Michigan minus 10 and a half. I've flipped on this twice since you started talking. <laughs> I, I don't brain versus know. emotion, right? For you. I do not know. Yeah. My brain says Michigan is going to cover because as bad as they have looked, I do think they're going to – they probably should win. But my heart is like, you idiot. <laughs> there is no way they're going to win another game this year. So, I don't know, man. I'll go with the brain because I like to be more analytical. I'll say Michigan, but uh, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> okay, so so you don't – now, now you said you don't feel good about it, and that's okay. That's 10 and a half points. What would it – like – how much would you have to be giving to – is there any part of you thinks Michigan could actually lose this game? Because I don't yeah. think so. I think yeah. they could not cover. I can't think that. Jarrett, Jar, they lost to Michigan State, who lost to Rutgers. I know the turnovers, but if you don't think Michigan's capable of doing that, then you haven't been paying attention. I think Michigan – I guess I just don't believe in Rutgers. Offense enough despite Michigan's bad secondary. If Quiddy play, that, if Quiddy Pay and Aiden, oh, I know Aiden Hutchinson isn't playing. If Quiddy Pay isn't playing again, I, I am not ruling anything out. Like I, I think Quiddy Pay could. So they have to fire him before the end of the season if they lose to Rutgers, right? No, they didn't do it with hope. <laughs> what do you think, dude? This is not a game, like. They brought this guy on to be the savior. They never wanted to be having this conversation. I don't think they fire him midseason for anything other than off the field stuff. That's fair. And that's so sad to say. I think if he, lo- I think if Ryan Day does what he said he was going to do during the offseason and literally hangs 100 on Michigan, um, I think then you can fire him before your crossover game. But 
<laughs> they're not I mean, going to get rid of them. Anyways, at that point. But yeah, I get, I get that. Okay. All right, so Michigan for both of us. Yeah, we only, we diff- only differed on one game here. Yeah, and I don't feel very confident that Northwestern's going to cover that either. But I, well, we got to have a difference, right? I mean, we're not going to be in the home field anyways, so we're just trying to win just to look like the experts that we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yes. Experts. <laughs> All, right. All right. We did get some Twitter questions this week. Um, I'll start with uh, from Clay S. We He said to cover the hockey lines and a breakout candidate, I'm assuming for Michigan State, because uh, he said yeah. he thinks it's going to be uh, Mueller. This this one's for you because I don't I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> Jeremy, do we have you? Well, I can't hear Jeremy, but um, back now. Back okay, now. he's back. Uh, I did come up with an answer. Yeah. Um, I think Drew Jeritter is going to be awesome this year. Actually, I do have good feelings about him, so I'll count him as my breakout candidate because I think he's going to be like John Letheman f- last year. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I'll do is uh, I'll give – so Dennis Asana, I think, gets enough respect, but I don't think he gets enough respect. So I'll say that he's one breakout candidate, but if you want me to go a little bit more off the radar, um, you know, than the top defenseman on the team being a breakout candidate, uh, I think Jagger Joshua is going to have a great year. Um, he really came on at the end of the last year. If he can get himself under control of – you know, staying out of the box a little bit more. I think that guy can get himself onto the second power play or even the first power play unit and just clean up in front of the net. Um, love Jagger Joshua's game. He's going to be my breakout candidate. Okay, cool. Um, I, I I am looking forward. To, I'm glad you said that they played at six. So I get to watch an hour of that before Michigan comes on. So I'm excited. Um, we also got a question from CT. Uh, I specifically asked for football and uh, hockey questions because I'm thinking we're going to preview basketball next week. So he asked, what are our thoughts on basketball? Uh, it's a very cool sport, but I was never tall enough to play it. <laughs> yeah, I just say We'll leave the preview to next week, but hey, uh, we were almost going to record last night, but then the schedule would have dropped, I think, right in the middle of recording. So uh, good thing we did it. I mean, we have a schedule now, and that's cool. We yeah. start next week. I mean, next Thursday is the first game for MSU. Play Eastern Michigan. Uh, we play at Duke and at Virginia, so it's going to be a fun season. Um, all of our uh, – all of our – Letters of intent came in, or national letters of intent came in for both our teams. Yep. And because of your hockey result, CT said that you guys now have Josh Christopher. So <laughs> I think everything's coming up great. Yeah. Um, no, in all seriousness, I, I'm, that's a good point about the schedule. I didn't even think about that. Uh, I like that Michigan and Michigan State are finishing the regular season. Uh, that's a great point yeah last game of the regular season i think that should be a staple of the schedule every year it'd be nice if we returned the favor every once in a while and played it at chrysler to end the season um but (laughs) that's okay it probably won't even matter this year because of covid but uh still uh, i do like that part um i'm glad you talked about signing day because man uh, so super cool to for Michigan to end up with two five stars actually signing this year after what happened last year. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited for basketball. So I'm glad CT brought it up, even though I purposefully neglected it. Uh, I'm very excited for the season to start next weekend. Yeah. I can't wait, man. It's, it's going to be great. We have, uh, you know, assuming no knock on every piece of wood you have around you, but next weekend we could have all three sports playing. Um, you know, obviously MSU is hoping to have a hockey and football weekend this weekend, but we have just the hockey for now. So uh, can't wait, man. It's, it's finally here. It's, it's going to, I think this is going to be honestly, Brandon, though, this might be the hardest sport for me with the empty arena. Football's weird, but mm-hmm. like seeing an empty Breslin is going to be very, very strange. 
it is going to be weird not having the swings of emotion with the crowd uh, and, through all the ups and downs. And they did a great job with team. the NBA bubble, but it's not the same as like a college no, absolutely college bubble not. to me. So I almost wish it was bubbled up because seeing an empty Breslin is going to be weird, but I think it could also make for a just a, an amazing season. Like, It'll be cool. Do we even have to say that the Cole Center is going to be the Troll Center? Because it's going to yeah. be empty. So we'll, we'll see. who knows, man? Who knows? I think it'll be fun. And like you said, having all three sports back next weekend, I, I miss – it was a fun episode, and we only talked about two of them, and we, we really filled it up here with lots to talk about. And it'll be even better next week having uh, basketball back. But if you want to send in a question to have us talk about whatever you want on this podcast, follow us at Podcast Divided on Twitter – and when we take questions every week, uh, send us a tweet. Anything else, Jeremy? I, I mean, we got a busy weekend of hockey and football. Well, you don't. You have a busy weekend of hockey coming up. And um, any parting words for everybody? No, I'm just, uh, you know, afraid to go. I'll go run and get some food here, and it's hockey time, man. So, excited. That's, great a, great, that's a great episode title. Year. It's hockey time. (laughs) Yes. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we will be back next week to talk about basketball, hockey, and football. Uh, Everybody have a great weekend. Oh.